I, I curse on purpose. Yep. I want to see yep. people's reaction because we do at the office. That's, right. You can call it unprofessional if you want, but that's what we do here. So tough shit. Right. It is episode number 53 of the Promo Front Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Bill Petrie. With me as always, the general of the July vacation, the captain of Cobra Kai, the ombudsman of employee onboarding, the one and only Kirby Hossam. And Kirby, how the Mexico are you? <laughs> I'm doing well, man. I uh, That was a mixed bag of uh, nicknames today. <laughs> I'm excited. No, I'm doing well. Um, as you alluded to, I'm, I'm on vacation, but we, you know the show must go on. And so... Uh, I actually have a pretty good view right here sitting from the patio, but if I start sweating profusely, it's not that I'm nervous. It's just that it's warm. So uh, I'm doing well, bud. How about you? I'm doing great. You should be nervous. I have the party in the back section, so <laughs> you should be very nervous for that, especially after the, the Cobra Kai debacle of last week. Yeah. Um, no, but things mean. are great. I feel like you know things are getting easier. And when I think of things that are easy, Kirby, I think of one thing. Do you know what that is? What's that, Bill? That's our good pals over at promo pulse jason noakes you know a lot of people say hey it's only a five-step process that's easy when i think of that I'm like that's hard compared to what it takes for promo pulse to do their amp email service that's only three steps that's two steps less 40 percent less steps <laughs> and who doesn't want 40 percent less steps that's right you can use amp email from Promo Pulse to send those retail-looking and user-friendly emails to your customers using content from suppliers that you get to choose. Like I said, it's three steps. Step one, choose your suppliers. Step two, upload your list and your logo. Step three, choose your sending frequency. That's it. Nothing more. You set it and forget it, and you have consistently beautiful outbound email messages marketing all year round. Kirby, I know you've been using it and you've had some incredible results. Please share a truthful one with us now. Okay. Yeah, no, as, as folks who listen to this know, I was part of the, the um, beta group. And so I've had a chance from the beginning to it. Uh, we, we, we absolutely have. One of the things with us is we had already sent out emails. And so I was a little concerned. I didn't want to inundate people. Um, but as you pointed out, you can set the frequency. And what I found was people who don't always read all the blogs and the videos were really responding to the lifestyle images and really engaging with the products. So it had a, a really cool effect that just kind of kept the conversation going, which is exactly what you want. Absolutely. And so if you want to get those results, like what Kirby's gotten, quite a few other people have gotten, head over to www. I know I don't have to say that, but I get used to saying it. Head over to promopulse.io slash amp, A-M-P. Get on the list, get involved. This is a really good way to get your marketing off the bleachers and get into the game yeah. and do so in a targeted surgical way with AMP email from Promo Pulse. Kirby, thank you so much for having the courage to broadcast while you're on vacation. I am not on vacation today, uh, although it's kind of my day off because it's our first year anniversary here at Brandivate. That's why I'm all Brandivated up today. Congratulations. So you Thank you. You have the promo up front part of the podcast. Say, why don't you fire us up with a topic du jour? Okay. Well, first of all, let me just say, because that was part of what I wanted to talk about is congratulations. It's not my promo up front, but 
making it a one year in. I, you know, obviously it's been a year since we've been doing this podcast too. And so yep. it's just, a, it's, it's cool to see these milestones. And I think you mentioned that it's important to celebrate them. It is. Yep. And uh, seriously, congrats, man. It's really awesome. Thank you. Couldn't, you couldn't do it without uh, certainly the support of the Promotion Fox community, our great customers. Um, and most importantly, um, our investor, uh, who uh, believed in us early on, and, yep. and that uh, faith has been validated, I believe. Uh, but most importantly, my business partner, Kelsey Cunningham, who has just knocked it out of the park. I tend to be the, the public face of Brand of Eight, but uh, uh, she does quite a bit that people don't see. It's kind of, uh, I'm, I'm the Danny Rosen to her Robert Five Ash yeah. in terms of brand fuel uh, analogy but uh, couldn't do it without or couldn't do it without with uh, wouldn't want to do it with anyone else. Yeah. So having a great time. That's awesome. So, so congrats. And then, so Thank I want, you. so the, the topic I wanted to jump into, I was curious if you've seen it, I, I'm guessing knowing you that you have that the uh, U S Supreme court ruled mm -hmm. that the um, NCAA not allowing mm -hmm. college athletes to use their own likeness for profiting is goes right. against antitrust laws. Um, yep. And so, They've made that announcement and already uh, several college athletes are coming out uh, filing for uh, uh, copyright trademarks, mm -hmm. trademarks, I believe, and mm -hmm. to, you know, uh, I think it was Graham Mertz, quarterback from uh, Wisconsin, and Spencer Rattler have already come out and started to say that they were going to uh, promote merchandise um, right. and just different things that, that profit from their own likeness. I have mm -hmm. very strong opinions about this. And I'm super mm -hmm. curious to know what yours are, obviously, because it ties into the merch piece, which is why I'm bringing it up. Sure. Um, you know, it's long overdue. You know, us, all of us as Americans, actually, it's our right to profit off of our image and likeness. People don't realize that, but that is actually one of our rights that we have as uh, citizens of this country. If someone wants to pay Kirby to do a commercial for Drano, he can do it and he should profit from that. Um College athletes traditionally have signed that right away as part of their scholarship. So that's why they haven't been able to profit off of their name, image, and likeness, the NIL, as it were. Um, it's about damn time, but it's a slippery slope. Sure. Um, I think, it, you know, you, what, what we're seeing is the exposure of the NCAA that has waved the flag of amateurism uh, falsely for decades is finally being called out for the ridiculous organization that they are. Um, you know, you should be able to profit from that. Um, and I, I don't have any issue with it whatsoever. I think the challenge is creating a set of rules whereby one school does not gain competitive recruiting advantage over another. And I don't think you can really do that. There's so much, there's so much disparity as it is. Sure. If you're winning, kids are going to go there. If you're not, kids aren't. Right. And so your Alabamas, your Notre Dames, your, your Stanford's are still going to get the best athletes. Um, and then it's up to uh, the other ones, the other universities to, to kind of get those second tier sometimes athletes. So I, I, I'm all for it. I think it's great. I'd like to be there to be a uniform set of rules. I don't know if I really want Congress involved in that, but I have a feeling they're going to be. Um, but I'd like to see some uniformity across uh, what, what that means. But I think it's about damn time. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I th This has bugged me for a long time that we somehow treat athletes, we treat athletes as if they are 
completely different from every other person in society, the, the college athletes is what I'm talking about. If an engineering yep. student wants to get a paid internship to um, further their career during the summer, we applaud that. <laughs> like if, if a student athlete does that, somehow involved with athletics, then all of a sudden, sorry, that suddenly they have done something horribly and criminally wrong is absurd to me. Yeah. Now, yeah. So now again, and I actually think the, you know, agreed that it's going to take some sifting out, but I actually think the market will bear it out. I think that I sometimes we can overthink the idea of, you know, we need to have a set of rules. I mean, to me, like, again, we don't have sets of rules for every other thing. Now, yeah. if you want to say, okay, Alabama, like the specific idea of paying players or whatever, that's actually sort of a separate step down this ladder. But the idea that somebody could, um, that suddenly Spencer Rattler could create some really, really freaking cool merch just because he has a cool yeah. name um, and then be able to profit from that. I, to me, that I think that the market will take care of that. When I think of the rules, here's what I'm thinking of. If Castrol Oil wants to have Spencer Rattler pimp oil and pay him to do so, I think that's great. Where does he go to school? Uh, Oklahoma. If he, if, if, the, if uh, Oklahoma University decides they want to pay Spencer Rattler to promote the university, that's a problem. And I think that's where you start getting into illegal payments. I think that, no, well, not illegal, but I think that's where you start getting into unfair recruiting advantages, things like that. So when I say rules, I don't think the university should be able to partner with the uh, athlete to do that. I'm talking, so other than that, to me, it's fair market, fair game. Yeah. And and I know there's a lot of people saying, well, well my kid's a swimmer and he's not able to profit from it. Well, yeah, he can. That's he, actually, I think that's the yeah. thing that this actually equals that. This, I, this I levels agree. that field. That's what I was about to say. There yeah. are, there's Speedo, there's goggles, there's all sorts of things. So I agree with you. I just don't want the universities themselves to get involved in the promotion of the athletes. To me, that is something the athletes, because now they'll be allowed to hire agents to negotiate on their behalf for these sponsorships and things like that. But that should be outside of the university system. Yeah. The only thing I would put, and again, I think you and I probably yeah. agree on this. I always just like to push back sometimes for the sake of this discussion. But the mm -hmm. reality of it is the system is completely imbalanced now. So the yes. idea that it would suddenly be oh, yeah. balanced, it's, it's like it already is. No, just don't want to make it further out of bounds. Yeah, I think I when you start having universities pay the pay the yeah. students, that that becomes an issue. It's tricky. Good good topic, Kirby. All right, Kirby, is Clubhouse dead? <laughs> that um, is a great so, question. So we talked about Clubhouse, and for those of you who aren't familiar, Clubhouse. Uh, was an app. It was only available on Apple products at first, and now it's on Android. And it's basically a listen, uh, uh, sorry, uh, audio only uh, uh, social media where people can open up rooms and have conversations. And it came on with a vengeance. Yeah, sure did. Uh, Kirby and I, you and I did a podcast follow up on Clubhouse. Uh, Kelsey and I had a room on Clubhouse, and I know Javier Melendez and Charity Gibson and Mandy Clay used to do a thing every Tuesday night about branding. Man, that's all stopped, yeah. it seems like. And, and of course, as it happens, other people have picked up uh, their competitors. Twitter has something called Spaces. Facebook has live audio rooms coming soon. Um, Spotify has a green room 
well, that's which is a competitor of Clubhouse. And the advantage to that, it's recorded sessions because Clubhouse is live only. They don't record anything. So I love the idea that the instant chat rooms are topic focused and the longer, more nuanced conversation. But I think I think it's dying very, very quickly. Mm-hmm. It, it's to me, it's becoming as irrelevant as quick as quick. Uh, it's becoming irrelevant as quickly as it became relevant and just as violently fast. It's really interesting that you bring it up because I have not thought about Clubhouse in yeah. weeks and it's not anything bad. And so, yeah. so, so yeah, I think there is, unless it modifies in some pretty substantial way, yeah. then I think that it probably will decline. That being said, I think one of the fears that people run into is they're like, I'm going to dive into Clubhouse and then it's going to go away. And so I'll lose all of that. I think there's still a lot of value in diving in early. I, and I wasn't one of those oh, yeah. early adopters, but that you gain skill sets, you make connections. I think the people who were in there and were in there hard have done really well, um, no regardless of whether Clubhouse goes away. So yes, I think it's the original answer to your question. I think it's, it, it's not dead but it is in critical condition. Would it be, is on life support, yeah, that's right. for sure. Um, but the idea that just because that's the case, I, I think that some real connections probably have been made and some real conversations yeah. did happen. And so it was still good. Yeah, I know Charity, uh, who really went all in on Clubhouse very, yeah. very early on to the point she didn't have an Apple device. She's a, she's a Google a Pixel phone mm-hmm. person. And she had her uh, daughter's iPhone and was using that for a lot. But I mean, I think Clubhouse died because it didn't have the proper mod- moderation. I mean, I, a lot of those rooms I rooms I went in went off the rails very, very quickly, yeah. um, both promo and non-promo. It, it, it became very, very strange. And one of the things I, I did not like about Clubhouse is uh, everybody had to fight for their space to show how much of an expert they were. Yeah. And it got real exhausting yeah. hearing everyone do that. It, it, you know what it, it reminded me of? It reminded me of real meetings. Yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> it, it was the, well, let me take what Kirby just said. And I'm going to take a couple different words, put my own words in there, but I'm going to say the same thing. I want to make sure everybody knows I'm listening. I pay attention. I'm just as intelligent as Kirby. And that's kind of what was happening. Um, it felt like a fad. It felt like a fad when it started and it feels like a fad the way it's going away. And if I was Clubhouse, I would be on the phone with Apple or Google right now. And I'd be trying to sell that sucker as quickly as I can, because yeah. every day you don't sell, you are losing value. Yeah, I, I'm with you on that one, buddy. That's a good one. All right. Okay. You got Kirby. All right. Let me come over here because I'm trying to do this all on one screen. Okay. Yep. So here's a question. This is really, um, I I'm really want your opinion on this because I think it's going to go against what you and I have preached for a long time. Okay. So, okay. I want to, so first of all, I read your blog on Monday, the towel of Ted Lasso, which yes, was fantastic. Really, really good blog. Thank you. Um, and, and just you and I have both expressed our love for that show. And so, um, and my guess is it, it posted on July 5th and I had a Monday minute that posted on July 5th. Now, I, I'm not sure what your readership was on that, but generally speaking, when we post on days like that, that are traditional holidays, the overall engagement, the people who see the message, whatever, it's just lower because there's fewer people in the office. Um, And so, but you and I have long said, long said for years that if we post on a Friday, we post on a Friday, whether it's Christmas day or whether it's New Year's day, which has totally happened. So here recently, I've started to question myself on that. Mm -hmm. And I wanted your take because I want to say like, 
I totally understand, obviously, why we mm-hmm. said that, because I think mm-hmm. the consistency of showing up helps build your audience, it builds trust, it builds integrity. Right. Um, and I still believe that. Mm-hmm. But on the other side, I find that some really good messages are not being seen as much as I feel like they should. Like mm-hmm. my Monday minute in the interest of transparency, I felt like was pretty good. Nobody's seeing it. <laughs> so right. should I have waited a week to post it and then come back with the idea that saying, hey, I'm taking Monday off, but yeah. back. So I guess my question, I, I just want to set the foundation to say, are we wrong on that? Are we, should we reconsider the idea? I mean, networks take a break and play reruns. Should we still be doing that? And should we still value that specific amount of consistency? We're not wrong. Um, at all. I would argue actually most times viewership, readership, engagement is up on those days because people aren't at work because they're sitting next to Uncle Joe who's going off the rails on some political rant and you just want to look at your phone to not really engage in that. Um, I actually had good engagement more than I thought yesterday on mine. But what I have thought of doing is either one of two things. I would still always post a blog or whatever, a podcast, whatever, on the day it's supposed to, the day I've decided or we've decided if we're doing something together, uh, post on that day and at that time. I think the concept of maybe here's a blog people may have missed is a good idea. Okay. Uh, and, not, and, and with merit. I also think on a day like yesterday when you posted the Monday Minute, and you felt like this was a good one and it didn't get the engagement I had. And I think it's because of the holiday. Oh, sure. There's no reason to do an in case you missed it post later in the week. I think summer's always tricky because people are on vacation. And especially when you have July 4th, fall over a weekend, the, the two weeks surrounding it yeah. uh, are going to be tricky because people are out of town and they may not look at their phone as much. Um, but I, I don't think we're wrong in, in posting those things. And the other thing I would say too, is you and I are both admitted idiots knowing what people are going yes. to engage with and that what was, they're not going to engage that with. That was literally going to be my counterpoint to my own point. Go ahead. Yeah. I, I, there's been many times I will write a blog, man, I'm about to set the world on fire. Look out Monday. And then it's met with a collective yawn. And then there's other times where I'm like, I've written this before and I feel like I'm just saying it differently, but I, I, I'm not inspired right now, but I've got to get, I got to put something out yeah. and people are like, this is amazing. Love yeah. it. So I am the worst arbiter of what is going to be engaged and viewed. I'm the worst at that yeah. easily. Yeah. It's that, that would be my, my counterpoint to myself on this. Mm-hmm. As, I mean, if you, you know, if I'm bringing this up, I've, I've yeah. already given it a lot of thought because I'm like, okay, do mm-hmm. I keep posting? Do I not? Whatever. Um, yeah. But that's my point is that every time I, I post something and I'm like, ah, it's just going to be a crappy day or nothing's going to happen. Well, then something, you know, magical does happen. And I think it is because we're showing up when everybody else is not. And so yeah. I think I do think there's value, but it, it, it does make me think, again, just because I've done it that way always doesn't mean I shouldn't reevaluate it. And so that was sort of my thought process is I, I just want to think through and go, am I right? And could I do it differently that might just be better? Possibly, but I still think consistency wins the argument. Yeah, I kind of agree. I I, I think (laughs) consistency wins the argument. All right, Kirby. I I was thinking about hiring. We talked a couple weeks ago 
about the great resignation, how many people are leaving jobs, looking for better opportunities, things like that. And I thought, what characteristics should we all be looking for in an employee? And I'm blindsiding you with this on vacation. So I will go first, but totally these fine. are not, yeah, these are not job specific, right? They're more of the, the characteristics of the human you're bringing on board. And here's, and if I may share mine, sure. Yeah, and absolutely. I did this blindly. I just did this blindly. Um, one is resilience. I came up with, the, I, I've been really focused on that word recently about, it's so important to everybody gets knocked down. You're not a a victim because you got knocked down. That's called life. It's how you get up. It's the resilience you show. And I love that when things don't go your way. Um, Grit. I love the word grit in, in the hard work that implies patience. I need me patience. We are such a society now, especially with the younger generations. It's not, making fun of them. We were just as impatient at that age too. So, but I want some, some semblance of patience, curiosity, right? Want people to be curious, confidence, um, confidence, but not cockiness, confidence. And the last one, and you'll love this one, I believe Kirby positivity. There's always a positive moment or positive. There's positivity in everything, regardless of how bad it is. Yeah, no, I think those are really good. Um, my struggle it, with, with these, because those are all ideal, right? Like a yep. zero argument with anything you just said. Yep. I do struggle to figure out how I judge resilience in an interview. I think there's questions mm-hmm. you can ask for sure. Yeah. Um, but that is like, whereas the one that popped into my head immediately, like immediately was sense of humor. Yep. Um, that's a great one. I didn't add that. And I, it's just as important to me because I'm cracking wise all day long. Well, and I think it's like, and I actually think that's, easier to judge in an interview setting, right? Like not that they can't put, someone could put on airs that they're laughing at jokes, but if I, I actually do a few things in interviews, I, I curse on purpose. Yep. I want to see yep. people's reaction because we do at the office. That's, right. You can call it unprofessional if you want, but that's what we do here. So tough shit. Right. Um, so, um, so I really like the resiliency. I like creativity. Mm-hmm. I also really like, um, and, Again, we're throwing out uh, $6 words, but it, whether you call it transparency or authenticity, one of the questions that, that is always asked is, what are your strengths? What are your weaknesses? I came across a question a couple of years ago that I thought was really interesting. Rather than what are your weaknesses, mm-hmm. what would your worst enemy say about you? Yep. Which is something I actually don't spring on people. I actually let them know that that's a question coming in because I want them to be introspective and really think about it. Mm-hmm. People either really share or they really don't. Right. And, and that is, it tells me something, you know yeah. what I mean? And so those are a couple on my mind. Yeah. And so for the resilience one, I, you know, of course you asked the question, you know, tell me a time where you got knocked down, how you got back up. Right. And people have generally and I, I do spring that on people yep, yep. and, and, and they will have not a canned answer, but I go the psychologist route, hardcore. Well, tell me more about that. Mm-hmm. And then if I don't feel like I got the answer, well, okay, I'm sorry, help me understand how you felt. How did you react? How did, what did people, how did they perceive you right. when you did this? And then the other one I ask, which is kind of an interesting one compared to what you just said, what would your worst enemy say about you? 
I would, I tell, I ask people and I do spring it on them because I, I don't want anybody planning for an interview because life is unplanned. Sure, sure. And so I don't like that. That's your, everybody's different style. Yeah, I think yeah, yeah. you have some, I think you have some merit giving people fair warning, but I will ask, tell me three words your mother would use to describe you. Mm, I like that. But see, I, then, again, I think that's fair. The, the yeah. worst enemy, the only one I would say about that is, is if you don't give people time, Mm-hmm. you're for sure going to get a canned answer. You know what but, I'm saying? Like, right. But I always ask people um, when they give me, I say, I'd like some references and, and I will ask, I'd like a reference from someone. Maybe it didn't end well. I'd, I'd really like to talk to them. And boy, you should see the look of fear on people's faces. <laughs> but I, and, and sometimes I call and sometimes they don't, but I, I do want to understand. Yeah, that's interesting. Look, sometimes things don't go well. Sometimes, yeah. Look, not everything ends all pretty. Yeah, we, we both know that. We both know that. All right. Uh, do we have another topic or you want to go to the game? Let's do the game, my man. I'm going to right. back to the beach. You, <laughs> you are in Mexico. I am. And so we're going to play a quick game of either or. Okay. And what it is, it's iconic Latino characters in TVs and movies and TV shows and movies. <laughs> so you just tell me which one you prefer, which one you think is there's not better just which one you like and, and if you which want to take resonates with me yeah yes all right so for example desi arnez as ricky ricardo and i love lucy okay. or jimmy Sw- jimmy smits as victor sefuentes in la law Ooh, i'd, I'd go victor uh, uh jimmy smits okay jimmy maybe, smits. maybe because right. again i grew up watching him and i just always thought he was super Fair cool enough. all right danny trio as tortuga in breaking bad or Giancarlo Esposito as Gustavo Fring in Breaking Bad. Never watched Breaking Bad, uh, so I'm gonna go wrong. You are wrong. <laughs> you need to watch that, sir. Don't even answer the question. I, you're not even qualified to answer the question. We're skipping oh. that one. No. Uh, that's t- would you please watch Breaking Bad? Come I watched, on. I watched episode one. I was like, yeah, it's fine. You got it was five seasons. You've got to give it time to breathe. Well, it's it, it goes to why when I when I like Cobra Kai or I like Ted Lasso, like I never watch anything. So it's like, so anyway, uh, sorry. So 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 disappointing. Freddie I don't like Fritos either. I I I know. Uh, or Cheetos. Freddie Prinz as Chico Rodriguez and Chico and the Man. Okay. Or Freddie Prinz Jr. As Cole Ortiz in the TV show Twenty Four. Oh, it's definitely Freddie Prince, the dad. All right, for sure. all right. Dora as the cartoon Dora and Dora the Explorer. Always the right or, answer. Or Cesar Romero as Joker in the nineteen sixties Batman. Oh yeah, Dora the Explorer. On delay, on delay. Wrong, <laughs> wrong, wrong, wrong. Jennifer Lopez. Dora. Jennifer. Oh. Backpack, backpack. No, <laughs> no, no. Jennifer Lopez as Selena in Selena, or Naya Rivera as Santana Lopez in Glee. Oh, I'm gonna go J Lo. J Lo okay. and Selena. Only a few more. Sofia Vergara as Gloria Delgado Pritchett in Modern Family, or George Lopez as the voice of Grouchy Smurf in the Smurfs movie. Yeah, I'm going to go. Modern Family is a fun show. I think uh, Sophia is amazing. So I'm going to go. I've never seen that show. Not one second of it. It was. It's one of those shows that I really liked for about two or three episodes. But yeah. as is the case when you have a series like that, they just go further and further and yeah. further. And by the end, it was just, for me, it was hard yeah. to watch. I'm sure it was good. I heard great things about it. All right. 
Sonia Manzano as Maria on Sesame Street or Emilio Degato as Luis on Sesame Street? Uh, Emilio Degato. Okay. Rita Moreno as Anita in West Side Story or Rita Moreno as Zelda Zanders in Singing in the Rain? I'm going with Rita Moreno. Yeah, which one? West Side Story or Singing in the Rain? Come on. Uh, I'm going to Singing in the Rain. All right. Benicio Del Toro as Javier Rodriguez in Traffic or Benicio Del Toro as Fred Fenster in The Usual Suspects? Ooh, I love The Usual Suspects. So I'm going to go with Benicio Del Toro in The Usual Suspects. The okay. ending of that movie is amazing. Yeah, it's a fabulous movie. If you haven't seen it, you're doing yourself a disservice. Two more, Kirby. Edward James Olmos as Admiral Adama in Battlestar Galactica, or Edward James Olmos as Lieutenant Martin Castillo in Miami Vice? Uh, I'll take Edward James Olmos and Stand Up and Deliver. Uh Okay, not a real movie, Stand and Deliver, <laughs> Stand and, and that deliver. wasn't an option. All right, la last one. I really like that movie. Uh, Mario Lopez as A.C. Slater in Saved by the Bell or Eric Estrada as Frank Poncherello in Chips? I gotta go Chips. Frank Poncherello, for sure. He's just cool. All right, quick quick bonus real quick. Okay. Mexican right. beers, Kirby, quick. You're in Mexico. You're about to go have a beer on the beach. Yep. Dos Equis or Modelo Especial? Um, I'm going to go Modelo Especial. Carta Blanca or Victoria? Carta Blanca. Corona or Soul? You know, I'll go Soul right now. I, Corona's in the fridge right now, but I do like Soul. Nice, nice. Well, uh, I, I like Soul too. And you know who has a lot of Soul? That's Jason Noakes over there at AMP and Promo Pulse. He has a great way of expressing <laughs> and sharing his expertise with the industry. And that's what he's done with the AMP email service for distributors. Three easy steps, not five, not six, not four, not seven, three easy steps. Choose your suppliers, upload your list to the logo, and choose your sending frequency. That's it. Can't get any easier than that. I guess if it was two steps, it'd be easier. But please, that's ridiculous, folks. <laughs> um, uh, so three steps, easy to do. Head over to promopulse.io slash amp, A-M-P, and you won't be sorry you did. It's really a great way to help automate your marketing and really get your message out to your target audience with so much content from suppliers. So can't really go wrong there. Kirby, I can't fault you for much today, except you really didn't do well in the game. I'm really <laughs> there. Um, and uh, Swiper, I no you, swiping. I, oh my gosh, I cannot <laughs> believe you just did that. That's an end of the podcast. That's it. <laughs>